Guys, as we get older, we all start to notice minor changes in sexual performance. It happens, but you can stop Mother Nature. Whether you're just starting to develop erectile dysfunction symptoms or are suffering from chronic ED, call Metro Men's Health. Skip the pills and injections. They're only temporary and lose effectiveness over time. Metro Men's Health treats the root cause of ED, lack of blood flow, so it works long-term. Metro Men's Health uses the most advanced and clinically proven wave therapy on the market to actually repair aging blood vessels and restore them to a younger you. Get your spontaneity and your confidence back with safe, effective treatment from Metro Men's Health. Visit MetroMensHealth.com or call 833-687-0700. Don't let ED get worse. Call Metro Men's Health today, 833-687-0700, 833-687-0700. Guys, as we get older, we all start to notice minor changes in sexual performance. It happens, but you can stop Mother Nature. Whether you're just starting to develop erectile dysfunction symptoms or are suffering from chronic ED, call Metro Men's Health. Skip the pills and injections. They're only temporary and lose effectiveness over time. Metro Men's Health treats the root cause of ED, lack of blood flow, so it works long-term. Metro Men's Health uses the most advanced and clinically proven wave therapy on the market to actually repair aging blood vessels and restore them to a younger you. Get your spontaneity and your confidence back with safe, effective treatment from Metro Men's Health. Visit MetroMensHealth.com or call 833-687-0700. Don't let ED get worse. Call Metro Men's Health today, 833-687-0700, 833-687-0700. Well, welcome to Trend Chat. You know, I know I was going to play my speech from the fundraiser on Friday and I was just thinking I really don't have much to talk about I mean yeah there's things going on but I just didn't feel like there was anything really grabbing my attention to where I wanted to speak and then uh oh Senator Jeff Flake decided not to run for re-election next year huh well well that just fell right into my lap. Now I got something to talk about. So I'll talk about that a little bit. And like I said, I will play the speech from the fundraiser on Friday and tell you a little bit about that experience. All that on this episode of Trend Chat. everybody to another episode of trend chat i'm your host brian bledsoe and if you want to connect with us whether on facebook instagram twitter it's all the same name trend chat 24 7 and i write for politics if you want to read my articles just go to politics.com slash author slash brian bledsoe you know i've said more you know 
more, I guess more than once about this music. And at one point I was thinking about changing the music or whatnot. But I said to myself, I'm not changing this music until I stop dancing to it every time it plays before the show starts. Like I play this, like I said before, I do a little cheer dancing in here. So once I stop dancing to it, then I'll finally, I might change it up. But until then, I'm going to keep on playing. So, so I don't know. That just kind of came to mind. But thanks for listening. And I really appreciate everyone who has been listening so far. And I just want to say, if you like it, just share it with your friends. Tell other people, hey, listen to this guy on Trend Chat. You know, he... You know, be honest. You know, he rants a little bit. He tends to go. He's a, tends to go on and on about a point. You know, you can be honest. I can. I totally understand. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, if you like it, let others know. And if you want, and you know, who knows? If enough people start liking it, maybe this might be my full time job, <laughs> which would be fine. I mean, but if if this is all I'm doing, this this is fine too. But um. Like we are on Google Play, iTunes, well, Apple Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. Uh, might be looking into getting into some other platforms, maybe. I don't know. We'll see. But right now it is Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and iHeartRadio. So however you're listening. Or if you're just on TrendChat247.com and listening through Spreaker. No, either way, however you're listening, even if you are listening to this not live and you listen to this in the morning, hey, good morning. <laughs> but um, like I said in the beginning, I really didn't know what I would be talking about. I was thinking like, well, maybe I might wait till Thursday and do a show, you know, and just just do one this week. But I will be doing two, and I'll actually tell tell you who I have on, uh, who I would have on on Thursday, and later on. But earlier today, when I was thinking of, about if I was going to even come on tonight, and then the news came pretty much while I was having that thought, it came across that Senator Jeff Flake is not going to run for a re-election in 2018. Which, when I saw that, I'm like, oh, really? Because, I mean, for one... We've um we've had Dr. Kelly Ward on our podcast earlier, and I actually I have posted that um on um on Twitter and Facebook on Trenchat. That was episode twenty. If I am make sure I am correct, yes, episode twenty. So I've already posted that on the page. So if you want to go back and listen to that episode, because we kind of talked about her her campaign then. But we also were talking about uh, President Trump's first hundred days. But in that, we did talk about her campaign. So with knowing that that race was coming up, just kind of assumed that he was going to be you know, running again. And so now with this news that came out, I mean, it kind of just seems that it's going to it's Dr. Killer Ward's race, you know, to win now. But I'm pretty sure it's not just going to be her even in the primary. I wouldn't be surprised, especially given this news that, that they don't have um, Jeff Flake to run against. There's probably some others are going to 
um, pop in there now. I mean, we do have a, a good chunk of time right now until cause we're talking about 2018 and 2018. We're talking about November. So basically a year from now. So I'm pretty sure there'll be some coming in. But as someone like, I, well, full disclosure, I volunteered for Kelly Ward uh, when she was running against John McCain, in which and I would definitely do it again if I ever drive through Arizona again. So just letting everyone know that right now. And uh, with uh, Jeff Flake, you know, with him leaving, and he has definitely, I guess, built a reputation, not only being a pretty much a fierce critic of President Trump, but even before that, he definitely wasn't what you would call a solid conservative. And I know he wrote this book, I think it was called Conscience of a Conservative, which is basically <laughs> it's laughable to consider that, given the fact that if you just you know look at his record, and if you go to sites kind of like um, what Conservative Review or uh, Heritage Action, which keep scorecards of every member of Congress, and if you look at uh, let's see Conservative Review. His rating, he has a 53% rating. That is an F rating as far as his record in Congress, you know. And on Heritage Action, it is 67%. It's a little better. Um, still, well, that's a D plus. <laughs> uh, you know, I think Arizona can do a whole lot better than a 53 and a 67% rating as far as advocating for conservative principles but you know but now Arizona has that chance and they're going to have this primary coming up and not only you know just because the just because the primary is over then they have to go against whoever the um, Democrat challenger would be in general and um, so far it is um I know the last name was Cinema. <laughs> I don't know if I said it right. I'm just how I see it. That's how I'm pronouncing it. But she is um, projected to be the Democratic uh, nominee. So, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> have no idea where this, where this going to go. What is races? All the twists and turns. This race is going to go down. But. Whether we're talking about Jeff Flake or even um, Senator Corker out in Tennessee, because he you know, he's not running for re-election, but outside of of that of them not running again, to me, even going back to last week when I was talking about President Bush and his comments, it just really se- it seems to me that. These Republicans are like are more upset with, the, with people within their own party than they ever was with President Obama. Because, you know, that was my question for, you know, President Bush and making his comments and wanting to get out there and speak up now. Um, All those years with Obama and 
you know, not only President Bush, but a lot of these other, you know, senators, representatives or whatnot. I'm not going to say they didn't say nothing. I'm not going to say that because I'm pretty sure if you said that, those people will gladly bring up some clips. Say, look, I stood up to the to the president, you know, to Obama back then. Look at look at what I said. Look at what I did and blah, blah, blah. The thing is that the level of the criticism, how how harsh their criticism is, it seems to be not near the level as far as how they're you know going after President Trump or just the Trump administration in general. It seemed like when it was as far as when it came to Obama the past eight years the the general answer you will hear is that well we well we got our hands are tied because you know he's the president and he has veto power and they basically just you know kicked kicked rocks and just sat around just oh well we we can't do anything if you give us the presidency maybe we'll do something or whatever like that and just making up a whole ton of excuses and now that you have president trump in the white house it just seems like now i don't know <laughs> kind of feel like that they're never satisfied or something. <laughs> you got what you wanted. You didn't get the person you wanted, maybe, but you did get something. It's not like you're working with the Clinton administration right now, which I don't know. Maybe these guys feel like they, if they had a Clinton administration, they'll be better off. I guess. I don't know. That's what it kind of seems like to me. You feel like they they would would have rather had Hillary Clinton in the White House than who they um, who they have now. And so, because they seem like they take every chance they can get to criticize President Trump on anything. <laughs> and um, and I am not saying like that they're criticizing everything he does because there are some times where they agree, but definitely when they when it's time for them to lay some criticism, they have no problem just getting in front of a CNN camera because that's when they definitely like to talk to those Republicans in. CNN be waiting for them for that. Oh, oh you got something bad to say about Trump? Oh, here, here's a microphone. <laughs> CNN right there with you. There you go. MSNBC right there. <laughs> Hold on. And uh, that's just kind of what I, how I'm seeing it as far as you know, all, all the critics out there at least trying to just, I feel like it's just over the top. I'm not saying you can't be critical. I just feel like if, um, if, if, if the person was as critical of Obama and now is this, you know, as much, you know, critical of president Trump. Okay. That I can I can go with that, but if you were silent as a church mouse during the Obama years, and then and now all of a sudden you want to come out and just start popping off at the mouth about everything President Trump does, that's what I have a problem with. But one thing, whether we're talking about Senator Corker or Senator Flake, even though they have made these announcements that they're not running for re-election. That doesn't mean that they're stepping down. It, Senator Flake didn't say, 
I am not running for re-election in 2018 and I'm stepping down immediately. That's not what he said. So that basically means he's going to be there for the pretty much for the next, you know, next year and basically going into January of 2019. So don't be surprised that that his criticism of the Trump administration goes even further now. And I wouldn't be surprised him and maybe, you know, others in the future who, who are very much critical of the president and maybe are not going to seek reelection. I wouldn't be surprised that they just become a thorn in the side of the president by just nitpicking and just basically being a nuisance for the next well, I guess say what sixteen months until January twenty nineteen. Because the simple fact that they're not gonna run because maybe they saw their poll numbers and and they saw they wasn't gonna win their primary, or at least it was gonna be very difficult. And now they're upset and want to basically cause as much havoc as possible. I know someone posted on Facebook a couple of I don't know, maybe a couple of days ago. And someone was asking, uh, talk, this was talking about John McCain and saying, has John McCain switched over to the Democratic Party yet? <laughs> you know, that's funny. And, 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 and I understand the sentiment, but I replied back saying that, no, it's no, there's no way he's going to, you know, switch parties. Why would he? He could cause just as much trouble be just as much of a pain being a quote unquote maverick or moderate or whatever rhino term you want to use and being, you know, basically being a Republican, he can cause as much damage as possible by staying in the party. So why would he switch over? So that was my response to that. But, you know, I definitely understand the, the feeling as far as, it's whether you're talking about John McCain or any of these others who are just always running to some liberal media, whether it is, you know, MSNBC or CNN or whatnot, just who want to give their criticism of the day, whatever it is. So, you know, that's just something I definitely want to want to bring up is that these people are not going away. You're going to have to deal with them for the next year or so, over a year. And yeah, I'm, I'm just going to say again, it it is. They are not going to be um, easy to deal with in the next, you know, in these next couple of months. Well, next year or so, they're probably going to try to hold up any conservative you know, legislation of any any kind and just want to basically just impede as much <laughs> as much from the conservative movement as possible. I, that's what I think. I, I think they're really going to play politics with everything only because they just, you know, I don't know. They just don't like President Trump. And to the point that where I feel like why couldn't you have used all those, you know, resources and all those? 
all the, I guess, whether you want to use stall on tactics or whatever and play, you know, play politics and, you know, stomp around like a child. And why didn't you do all that when Obama was in office? I mean, you could have done all that then, but no. Well, look at that. I thought we missed the train, but I don't know if y'all can hear that, but the train is coming through. So while that is happening, let's hear from our friends with the Founder, Founder Project. Hello, Trend Chat listeners. If you like the Founding Project's civics education video series, Civics for All Ages, and our educational meme series, we think you will love our new website. Join us at thefoundingproject.com and be a part of the civics movement. The Founding Project is a 501c3 education nonprofit. Please join us today. Thank you, Train, for coming by. That was a good transition. Actually, I was done anyway. That, that train came through and I was like, well, I guess I'm done. <laughs> Go ahead and play, play this commercial right quick. And, um, what about saying that? So, I am in Sioux City, Iowa. I don't know if it's Sioux City, Iowa or not. It could be Nebraska. I really can't remember. And I'm not going to go try to look it up right now. But, yeah, I'm in Sioux City. I think it is Iowa. <laughs> but, um, yep. So, I, I just thought I got past that train because right before the show started, there was a train going by. And I'm like, hold on, let me wait. Let me wait for it to pass by before I start the show. And like, okay, I'm good. And just show, here comes another train. <laughs> but um, you know, I just add a little ambiance to the to the podcast. You know, had sound effects I didn't even have to pay for. There you go. So, well, I, yeah, I'm. I was basically done talking about that anyway. So I'm going to go ahead and um play this speech. And before I, I get to playing. Um, the speech with the Republican women of Arlington at the fundraiser on Friday, this past Friday. Um, I guess my experience just gets to touch on it a little bit. I was a nervous wreck <laughs> for real. Uh, it, I mean, it's just something that I'd never done before as far as coming up on a podium and basically having a speech prepared and I'm going to talk about this particular subject and I'm going to do this. You know, I have a, have whatever time I have. And so it's just something I've never done before. I mean, I've stood up and said a couple of words of, you know, this and that or asked a question. I've done that, but something that goes past two sentences. <laughs> I know I haven't. And so, yeah, I don't know if people could recognize, could see it, but um, in me, but I was nervous like crazy that um that night just because I just didn't know what to expect. Um, but it was it was a good nervous because I, I was excited, but I was like, man, I don't know how this is gonna go as far as you know going up on stage. I was like, I was just excited, but but you know nervous at the same time, and um. Actually, the one thing that kind of helped me is because you're actually going to hear at the very beginning. I kind of make a joke saying that, you know, um, uh, yo, him again, like, you know, because I've been up there 
well, I haven't been up on the podium. So I did the invocation at the beginning of the fundraiser. So I was already up there then. And then they had a, uh, went around the room as far as people who was running for candidates, you know, running for office. And I am running for precinct chair in Arlington and uh, precinct 2553. So I was standing there to make that announcement. So that was the second time. And the third time was me coming up there to do the speech and introduce the politics. And so that actually helped me because I was already, people have seen me twice already. So by that time, they seeing me again. So that's why I made the little joke there. But, you know, it, I'm, I want to say I'm definitely grateful for the Republican women of Arlington again for having me. And I definitely would say doing this podcast helped a tremendous deal. Even though like I'm doing this live right now. But I'm behind the microphone and I am looking at absolutely no one. <laughs> I I mean, you're hearing me wherever you are. Once again, thank you for listening. Really appreciate it. And I say again, you know, if you like this, tell your friends and family. Let's get to a hundred. Let's get to a hundred million plays one day. <laughs> but um, but yeah, doing this podcast definitely helped a lot because. As nervous as I was to get up on the podium to start speaking, once I got up there, I was fine. It was just the unknown of, you know, doing this particular thing that I just didn't, I just couldn't wrap my head around. <laughs> um, but once I got up there, I was just fine. It's funny because I, I had my speech on a tablet on my phone and print it on paper <laughs> because I did not want to lose it. <laughs> so if my phone went out, I had it on my tablet. My tablet went out, I had it, had it printed out. I did all of that. I rehearsed it like five or six times in the hotel room <laughs> um, before the fundraiser. And I had all that. Next thing I know, I'm up there on the podium and I basically... I don't know. Maybe I repeated it so much in my mind. I, I didn't even need none of the notes. I basically said it all <laughs> from memory, which I thought like, oh, I didn't even have to. I didn't even bend over to pick up the notes because I would just got up there and just started talking. And all of it came in, you know, right on cue in my head. I'm like, wow, this absolutely is working. <laughs> That's what I'm saying to myself as I'm talking, you know, on the podium. So anyway. I just want to tell you a little bit about that and also just kind of give a little backstory as far as why I say what I'm going to say at the beginning of this, because like I said, I've been up in front of everyone at least twice by now and now they're seeing me again. So now without further ado, here is my speech to the Republican women of Arlington at the fundraiser this past Friday. I get your call saying like him again. <laughs> How many times will I come up here? But um, thank you to the Republican women of Arlington for having me, given this is my very first speaking engagement, and I can't think of a better place to do it among so many people who have helped me and encouraged me. So I'm definitely proud to do it here, especially among being here with the event, with the politics especially. So I, you know, I had a, 
a couple a couple people give me some advice as far as public speaking. I remember asking Chris about giving some tips as far as what I need to what to do and um I did speak to Dr. Walter Williams recently, and I'm going to take his advice. All the advice was good, but I definitely want to take his advice because he said, just um, know what you're talking about. <laughs> so, uh, so, I am going to, so I am going to heed that advice. I'm going to just basically tell you a little bit about myself, but I also want to use that in the context of the amazing women in my life. So first off, I'm going to start off with my mom. Obviously, because literally without her, you know, I wouldn't be here. So I definitely want to mention that. And you know, as a former fetus, I'm definitely glad to show her life. So, and my mom and dad, they raised me on conservative values, even though it wasn't articulated that way. Now, we disagree on how we vote according to those values, but when we talk about individual issues, we tend to agree. Now, also, growing up with older sisters, I also, you know, especially my, one of my sisters, she served 20 outstanding years in the Army, and it was a, definitely, a, yes, yes, um, it was definitely something that I wanted to replicate, but unfortunately I wasn't able to serve as, as long as, as that, so, but I noticed when we all did the, I guess, candidates that were standing around, I guess, I, the reason why I didn't mention too much about myself because I know I was coming back up here. So just to give you a little bit about myself, I was basically apathetic Democrat for like 2007. And the only reason that changed is because I wanted to basically be the Christian that I claimed I was since I was a kid. And so by having that new found, I guess, um, inspiration, I wanted to vote according to my principles as opposed to just going to the ballot, hit deep, go home, play video games, whatnot. By going through those principles, I just, I basically did a blank slate. Because I didn't know what conservative meant, I didn't know what Democrat, Republican, I had no clue. Like I said, I was just told to just go vote Democrat and go home. So when I started doing my research, and just looking on both sides, and to my surprise, <laughs> I noticed that none of the policies and principles of the Democratic Party did not line up at all, whether we're talking about the views on abortion, views on taxes, views on legal immigration, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. But, um, and so after that, now, after that initial shock, I, <laughs> I'm like, well, I guess I might have to vote, well, vote Republican for the first time. And this was in 2008. So even though I was noticed that I was going to vote Republican in 2008, I, I wasn't particularly still thrilled about it only because I wasn't thrilled with the nominee at the time. Now, I'm just saying that because you're talking about someone at, in 2008 who was just now learning about what's going on, and, and so I know I didn't like both candidates, honestly. And I was, I was at a point to where I wasn't going to vote because I had a very shallow view of the presidential election. It's not how I think of it now, but back then, I only saw one man on a ticket. But the thing about it is that whether it's one man on a ticket, that's not really the, the issue. The thing is that there's an administration that's right after it. And so now, you know, think of that now. If I saw myself, you know, back in the future, and I just said, 
uh, you know you would be better off with a McCain administration far more than an Obama administration. So that's how I see it now. But back then, you know, I, I just didn't know. So here I am, probably about close to June, thinking about not voting at all. But that was until a certain governor from Alaska joined the ticket. And so, um, <laughs> now I know that the stats go to, well, you know, the people who were influenced by um, the vice presidential pick is like very minuscule, you know, very few people. But I'm here to tell you, I'm one of those people. Because if Sarah Palin was not on that ticket, I wouldn't have voted at all. Because I tell many people that well, after the after the election, I've mentioned that if um, I voted for Sarah Palin, I, I didn't vote for McCain. Um, because, you know, yeah. that's useless. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I was just being honest because when people asked that, I, said, I, I voted for, for, for Palin, and and what I say is that she was the first person I voted for as opposed to voting against someone, and and so that basically kind of started my whole kind of political career, and uh, well, career, what's that career for? The process, and um, so obviously we had the 80 years of Obama, and but also the rise of the Tea Party movement. Now, in those, in those couple of years, I became friends with Anne-Marie Morell, who was running Politichicks, and, and we met after some time, and shortly after that, I started writing for Politichicks, for Politi and my first article was about going to CPAC for the first time in 2016. So, and now, then, I had the crazy idea to run for a national delegate to go to the um, Republican National Convention, and once again, Republican women like the Northeast Tarrant Tea Party, um, President Julie McCarty, and former Tarrant County Chair uh, Jennifer Hall, they, they helped me as far as getting through the paperwork and learning through the process and all that. And even when I was at the state convention, had you know people praying for me, and Senator Connie Burton, actually, you know, she helped me as far as how to go through the process and learning um, as far as the selection goes to become a delegate. And I became a national delegate and went to Cleveland last year. And so, I, so I, that's what I wrote about in, my, in the Politics article. And one thing I wrote about in the book, Politics, Claren calls the book back, but you can get your <laughs> copy today, Amazon, yep, Barnes and Noble as well. So, um, and the article that I wrote in this book was about my time as a delegate. And one thing that I wrote is that I actually kind of felt the people who supported me uh, on the convention floor. I mean, I'm not trying to be mystical or nothing like that, but it, it was where I kind of felt what I hear you know, from people who are running. They, send, they tend to say, well, I couldn't have done this without you. I literally felt that way. I, I always used to hear that and just kind of thought that was just something you would just say. But as someone that got that support from people, I felt that on that floor, and I really appreciated that. It's kind of like, you know, one one time I got emotional writing about it because it really was for me. Because to have people out there to, who believe in you and want you to go out and use your voice, it was definitely a very humbling experience. And um. It's definitely Republican women just like yourselves here. And, you know, one thing I would say is that for me, Republican women, I don't just see them, see them as friends. 
I, you know, I see them as like, like whether my grandmother or my mother, my aunt, niece, sister, daughter. Um, I definitely see as far as how much they've been supportive of me, and I appreciate every bit of support. And I just thank you very much and for everything you've done. And <laughs> Yeah, I said, well, thank you to myself, but um, yeah, so that was the speech from from Friday, and you know, it was, um, well, after that, that's when I introduced the Politichicks for, um, for the fundraiser, and it was, like I said, once I got up there, I, I felt comfortable once I got on, got, once I got behind the podium, I was fine. Like I said, it was just uh, all day leading up to that point. It was just like, man, I don't know what's about to happen. <laughs> but, um, but it was kind of cool to, you know, to have that happen, and it was over. And I guess a moment of self awareness about myself. I've noticed I, I have what you call fuller words, but. Other than, you know, um, you know, and all that. But I noticed that I guess everyone has certain words that they really are bad at repeating. And I'm pretty sure if y'all been listening to me long enough, I'm pretty sure y'all probably kind of have caught this as well. Given that I listen to myself when I'm playing a lot of these interviews, I'm when I'm doing the editing part and I'm listening to not only myself, but to be look, to be honest, when I'm doing the editing of the interviews, it has barely nothing to do with the person I'm interviewing. It's all about me for the most part, as far as editing myself, as far as when I'm, I, how I'm asking the question or whatever. And I'm mostly editing how I'm speaking more so than what person that I'm interviewing. And I've noticed I say definitely and basically a lot. <laughs> I was like, I got to find another words. <laughs> Like I keep saying that, I, like I I noticing it about myself. So if I'm noticing it, I'm pretty sure someone else and already noticed that. But um, anyway, that was just I don't know, just listening to that. I, I don't think I said it that much then, but it was just something that kind of I feel like I feel like I'm saying something over repeating myself. That in process, but um, anyway, I've I have mentioned before I I'm definitely in pretty highly critical of myself when I'm listening because I'm like, ah, I could have said that better than this. Even some parts of the speech, I'm like, I missed like two or three words in what I wrote that I didn't say in that speech. And I'm like, I could have said that there and there, here. So, who knows? I might get another opportunity to do another speech somewhere else. I don't know. When that happens, I, I'll let you know, but I, you know, we'll see. But just want to say thank you, everyone, for listening in. And I can say for Thursday, we will have another podcast and we will have Audrey Pruitt on. He, um, he's a media commentator and he is also who is he's an author who has wrote a book called Plain Stakes and Water. And he is also running for U.S. Congress. And 
Texas District 8 um, as a Republican. So he, he'll be running uh, against Kevin Brady, who is the incumbent right now. And so we talked with him today, and we will we'll play that interview on Thursday. So that is the podcast for Thursday. I know a lot of times I don't get a chance to mention that on the previous podcast, honestly, because I don't know. <laughs> a lot of this happens like on the day of, almost the day before. So we're just keeping up with the fact that it's called Trend Chat. We're just, we're, we're just sitting back, we're waiting, seeing what's happening. And then when we, you know, something that kind of really, you know, grabs my attention to the point to where I want to cut on this microphone, then I'll do a podcast. So once again, say again, over and over again. <laughs> Thank you for listening. And we are on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and TrendChat247.com. Appreciate everyone listening and spreading the word and telling everyone that hey no download or listen live like like right now but just I, I really do appreciate it like i mentioned in the speech everyone you know with their support whether it's for the podcast or you know when i do write for politics and my articles there and just you know and whatever else actually with this now that i'm going to be running for a precinct chair in arlington in precinct two five five three, letting everyone know there. So, um, I'm not looking to guess it's going to be a race, really, because um, no one else has filed. So it's basically just going to be me, just taking over the spot for the current precinct chair. But it is an elected position, nevertheless. So, you know, look forward to doing that. Actually kind of go around and see how to do the job and whatnot so guess i you know call for your support there have a way i would need it um whether it's just uh if you live in that precinct but um yep just want to mention that and so that's it for this week not this week what i'm talking about what are you talking about bledso no it's not this week <laughs> we'll be back on thursday so until Thursday, we will chat with you later. Guys, as we get older, we all start to notice minor changes in sexual performance. It happens, but you can stop Mother Nature. 
Whether you're just starting to develop erectile dysfunction symptoms or are suffering from chronic ED, call Metro Men's Health. Skip the pills and injections. They're only temporary and lose effectiveness over time. Metro Men's Health treats the root cause of ED, lack of blood flow, so it works long-term. Metro Men's Health uses the most advanced and clinically proven wave therapy on the market to actually repair aging blood vessels and restore them to a younger you. Get your spontaneity and your confidence back with safe, effective treatment from Metro Men's Health. Visit MetroMensHealth.com or call 833-687-0700. Don't let ED get worse. Call Metro Men's Health today. 833-687-0700. 833-687-0700. Guys, as we get older, we all start to notice minor changes in sexual performance. It happens. But you can stop Mother Nature. Whether you're just starting to develop erectile dysfunction symptoms or are suffering from chronic ED, call Metro Men's Health. Skip the pills and injections. They're only temporary and lose effectiveness over time. Metro Men's Health treats the root cause of ED, lack of blood flow, so it works long-term. Metro Men's Health uses the most advanced and clinically proven wave therapy on the market to actually repair aging blood vessels and restore them to a younger you. Get your spontaneity and your confidence back with safe, effective treatment from Metro Men's Health. Visit MetroMensHealth.com or call 833-687-0700. Don't let ED get worse. Call Metro Men's Health today. 833-687-0700. 833-687-0700.